You didn't get your champagne. <laughs> I couldn't even see you in the camera anyway. You could have came out of here anyway. <laughs> I'm so silly. It's nine o'clock. Joy exposed. Hey, Michonne. Yum. Hey, Facebook. Hi, Michael Hendricks. Hi, Mary. How are you? Hey, everybody. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. I do have clothes on. It doesn't look like it, but I do. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> so you don't think I'm doing the show in my birthday suit. <laughs> Which will probably be a lot of fun, but it's not. So anyway, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And it's Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, and it happens to be my birthday. Um, I really don't have an agenda for tonight. I'm going to cover the things I usually cover and um, add some other stuff in there. So I hope you guys are rocking with me for the next hour. And um, if not, you can download on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play by Saturday. Yeah, that'll give me an extra day to get it together. So anyway, hi, everybody. Uh, and I always start my show off the same way. Three cheers of joy. And uh, if you don't know what the cheers of joy, which you don't know, if you don't know what that's about, thank you, Jared. If you don't know what that's about, hey, Jason, I'll let you guys know. So three cheers of joy is that I take three tasks, three things that happen during my week, and I'm grateful for them. And I give thanks to them just to remind me that every single second of my day is important. We get so caught up in looking for the major things that we overlook, kind of the minor things that happen. So I started show just giving thanks to three things that happened. So the first thing that I'm gonna give thanks for is it's my birthday and I'm 50. And I've been talking about being 50 for so long that my mom told me last year, she's like, you're not 50 yet, slow down, slow down. But for some reason, 50, 50 to me is like that magical age of I'm finally grown up. Like I'm grown up and I can sit with the grownups and I can talk with the older ladies and I can laugh with them and I can make contributions to the experiences that they share based on experiences that I've shared or things that I've done. And they'll give me some real advice. Because if you don't know, when you're talking to the grownups, when you're, when you're younger, they talk to you like you're a kid. But when they're grown up, they'll be like, girl, forget that man, he ain't shit. He ain't never been shit, I knew it when you met him. The grown women will tell you the truth. And they'll be like, why are you worried about that? That shit don't matter. And that's where I am right now. So I'm at 50. And that means I can literally sit at the grown folks table. So when there's a group of women and I walk and I approach them and I say hi, the grownups, they'll receive me because they know I'm still seeking. So I'm drinking tonight for my celebrations, La Marca Prosecco. And this is symbolic for another reason I'll tell you guys in a bit. So I'm drinking La Marca. So cheers to the fact that I'm 50 and I can finally sit at the grown-up table. Now, I know some of you are like, you could have always sat there. I could have, but I wouldn't have always been ready to receive the frankness and honesty of the opinion 
of those sitting at the grown-up table. And now I am. So cheers to being 50. Mm. So that's my first one. So I'm 50. I'm so grown. My other um, thing that I'm thankful for is, you know, it's going to be, this is a little racy, but I got to say it because it makes my heart happy. You know how after you just have some sweet, sweet loving and the um, aroma or the scent of the yumminess after some sweet, sweet loving, I'm thankful for that smell, right? And I'm saying that because I've always thought I was kind of weird that I'm thinking I like the smell, the after sex smell of me, of course, because that's what I smell is me. I love the after sex smell. And I figure it's probably a lot of people that enjoy it. I remember someone saying when I was younger that they could just cover their heads with the blanket and just inhale it because it just smells so yummy to them. But now that I'm grown up, I understand it because if you think about it, you're taking two dynamic energies and who love each other and who are sharing so openly and gotten to a place to share so openly and freely and you're just completely engrossed in the moment and that's where you combine your energies and your bodies and then you have like this after rain smell of like flowers and just i don't know i can't i could talk about it you know but so cheers to the after sex yummy smell cheers i love that and that's my second cheers of joy and i guess honestly is my third is like yay i'm having sex that's <laughs> like i'm excited about that too <laughs> whatever that's not my third one so the first was that I'm 50. The second was just the yummy aroma of after sex with just two amazingly compatible energies and just sharing so openly. I love that. And my third cheer of joy would be, hmm, what else, what else, what else? Well, my third cheer of joy is that I was able to spend some time with some really good friends of mine this past weekend. I'm gonna talk about that a little more in detail. So I may not say that. Uh, I don't know. Let me think, let me see if you guys are sharing any cheers of joy. <laughs> I do need sponsorship, Jason. And I'm very excited. Thank you, Jason, I'll take that that I found some yummy new um, tequila. So that's my third cheer of joy. And I'll have to look at the name of it, but it was really good. Um, and I love tequila. That's really weird because I went from not liking it to loving it. So tequila is my drink. And um, I haven't been able to, I haven't been, um, it doesn't make me at all kind of queasy and it gives me a nice even ride. So cheers to finding something to ride out on tequila. Um, so we'll do that for my third one. So I went, I'm 50, sweet, yummy smell, scent of sex, and the fact that I'm officially in love with tequila. So those are my three things, my three cheers of joy. If, thank you so much, Sheila. If you have, uh, Sheldon, I have clothes on. Somebody wants me to stand up. They don't think I have clothes on. I have clothes on. I just, 
I fixed my camera so you can't see it. So maybe I'm going to be like I'm in my birthday suit. <laughs> but I'm really dressed. I want a whole dress that comes down to my feet. So that's funny. But anyway, so those are my three cheers of joy. I'm celebrating tonight with my um, La Marca Prosecco. And the funny thing about the La Marca is that when I first moved to Florida about three years ago, it's what I had um, when I was celebrating by myself. So the funny thing about me is like, as much as I like to interact and engage with people, I spend a lot of time by myself. And people all wanted to know, what are you doing for your 50th birthday? What are you doing for your 50th birthday? And I'm like, well, nothing. I'm going to chill. I'm going to be by myself or I'm going to be with faceless love. And I'm just going to enjoy the moment. But I think for me, my birthdays are kind of like, um, my birthdays are kind of like moments for me to evaluate who I am and moving forward because I am looking forward to the next half of my life considering I'd live to be 100 but if I'm not living to be 100 I'm less than shit halfway there I mean I'm more than halfway there so we're looking for 100 and uh yes it is Prosecco Prosecco P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O thank you so um you know I'm less than I'm more than halfway there if I'm gonna live to be uh, less than 100 so I'm really, uh, but I'm excited about it because I've learned so much and I've just been kind of thinking tonight on what I would share with you guys. And um, because I didn't set up an agenda, thought I'd speak from my heart, give you some background on me, how I got to be in this space. And just so you'll see, so maybe you can see kind of what's happened in my life to get me to this place to be just completely transparent and open with everybody. Yep, so definitely, um, I'm going to drink it all, Nancy, and I won't be able to go get it. Nancy wants me to put the Prosecco on ice, so uh, I, uh, but I'm going to drink it. So I'm going to drink it probably room temperature by the time I'm finished. Anyway, so it gives me some time to reflect on my life. So usually after my three cheers of joy, I will go into um, my Facebook post of the week but I didn't necessarily have a Facebook post of the week this week. Nothing that I'm necessarily engaged in. I had some phenomenal stuff last week. Um, and this week I didn't really have anything. You know, some stuff was funny. My The big thing this week was about Chick-fil-A and, um, Chick-fil-A and, well, pour me some first. Chick-fil-A and uh, Popeye's having this chicken war. Did anybody try any of the chicken sandwiches? I didn't. I love Chick-fil-A. I love Popeyes too, but I can't eat it often. Um, but I do love it. And uh, But I didn't get to try the chicken sandwich because the one time I went to get it, they um, didn't have any. And so Michael says, is my dude hiding? No, he doesn't hide. He's just not the limelight like me. That's why I call him my faceless love. You know, you got to know your role in a relationship. And he's like the uh, amazing support that allows me to grow and do what I want. So no hiding here. But thanks for asking about him. <laughs> he's, fortunately, he is here this time. So um, you had the Popeye, Stephanie. What would you think? So there was a big... Um, there was a big ass, uh, 
debate about which one was better, Popeye's or Chick-fil-A. And people were talking about they waited 45 minutes, they waited an hour. And I was like, I'm not waiting an hour for a chicken sandwich. I really don't care. It has to be dipped in like holy water and fried or some shit. I'm not waiting an hour for a chicken sandwich. As a matter of fact, I'm so spoiled by Chick-fil-A that even if I'm in Chick-fil-A for more than like seven minutes, I'm already got, I got an attitude like, okay. Um, I, I'm like, shit, if I got to wait more than like seven minutes, I'm out anyway. So yeah, so I wasn't big on that, but a lot of people did wait for it and it was a big deal to them. And there were even women on video fighting for this chicken sandwich, like having a all out fist fight for the last chicken sandwich. And I'm thinking like, what kind of hell we're in the first world country. We can eat 24 hours a day as much bullshit as we want. And there's people fighting over a chicken sandwich from Popeye. <laughs> I'm like, boy, y'all really need some shit to do because life is really sucky if that's what you're fighting about. So I thought that was funny, but you know, I guess that would probably be my Facebook post of the week. And I saw so many of my Facebook friends talking about it. And then I saw people, um, I saw people also saying, isn't it amazing that if you supported your friends' businesses, like people were supporting the chicken sandwich, that your friends would probably be doing really well financially? I was like, hmm, that's a good idea. If you guys were buying my books and reading or sponsoring, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. So anyway. I guess that would kind of be my Facebook thing, just the uh, Popeyes versus Chick-fil-A. Also, Chick-fil-A supposedly made a tweet saying that they were going to start doing bone-in chicken. I was like, oh, snap. This is really going to be good if Chick-fil-A is now making some good-ass chicken. We would really be turned. Like, I would be, Popeyes would be done. But well, not Bojangles, because I love Bojangles, and I only get them in Georgia. And uh, what else is it? KFC, they would be a rep. Zaxby's is still pretty good. So, you know, that's been the whole thing, fried chicken. But we have to remember, Chick-fil-A is the original chicken sandwich. The original chicken sandwich, before anyone else made a chicken sandwich, it was Chick-fil-A. So we have to keep that in mind. So that also means that anything after that is an imitation. So just saying, no biggie for me. Either way. So there we go. So let me see who's on Facebook tonight. Hi, Jerome, Danny, Barry, and Tammy. Hey, sis. Hey, Carolyn. Erika said, I don't even eat fried food. Like, that's a wrap. Stephanie. Hey, Sheila. Yes, make one at home. It's going to be better. Hi, Shirley. So Shirley is on here. Shirley is the mom of one of my favorite students from when I taught high school in Smyrna. I still love her so much and I see her on Facebook and her daughter growing and now her mom and I are Facebook friends so I love that. It just makes me feel closer to the family. So hello and uh, who else is on here? Rika is on here. Hey Delatron if you're still here. Lamar. Oh my Douglas and you know I'm not saying Mayretta. Thank you DJ LV. DJ LV, I met in Chattanooga, and uh, I think I took him to have his first cigar when I was there. And that was probably four, four or five years ago. I can't even remember. But he and I just connected, and we've been really cool since. So thank you so much for being here. Hey, Cousin Sherry. Hi, Nancy, Victor. So this is always fun to see who's listening. All right, so 
let me see. Let me give you guys some background about me as I as I wrap up my 49th year and into my 50th. So I'm really, I'm going to go way back. I'm a small town country girl. And you might have to pull out your maps, but there's a little city called Kingston, Georgia. And uh, it's north of Cartersville, Georgia, between Cartersville and Rome. And it's a small town. It's still small town to this day. Like, I can go there and it looks the same as it did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I can go straight to my aunt's house, right? So up this little street. And she's probably one of the last of the family members that live on this street. But I remember, and it hasn't changed much. I remember asking my cousin, Kiki, why wasn't there a lot of industry coming to Kingston with all the growth? Because Cartersville is there, it's growing. Rome is growing. And he said that there wasn't an adequate sewage system for disposal of waste products. And I think there's something with the land in that area or the money. So I'm from a small town, Kingston, Georgia. As the story goes, my dad and my dad's mom, so my paternal grandfather and grand, my paternal grandmother, their families settled different sides of the street. And there were a lot of boys in one family, a lot of girls in the other, and they married each other. So we got double cousins and everything. Very small town. So that's my dad's family. And my mom's family is from Cartersville, Georgia, which is just uh, south of there. And they met at college, in um, high school. So it's funny to me because I've always felt outside of a space. I never really felt like I belonged anywhere, even to this day. I still don't feel like I belong anywhere. I just kind of go. I think I feel most comfortable probably when I'm by myself, which is really weird. Kind of makes me an introvert, but I like the interaction with people and that makes me the little extrovert kind of personality too. But I've always felt um, outside of my space ever since I was little. And when we left Cartersville, we went on to Marietta and then that's how that became home for me. So I couldn't wait to leave, of course, you know, I'd go to college and I worked, I worked at Olin Mills, I worked at Crystal for a long time. <laughs> After the football games, there was always people there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of weird when you grow up and you look back on your life and all the things that you fought against, you realize those were the things fighting to set you, set you free. Um, so I worked at Crystal and, um, I have clothes on, Douglas. Facebook knows I have clothes on. I keep telling them that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, Douglas is telling me that I should get, I have to show that I have clothes on or Facebook's gonna cut my video. Um, anyway, I do have clothes on, see? All right, so I just always have been a hard worker and once I was old enough to leave home, I left home and that was probably the best thing for me. I um, have said before in these videos that the best thing my parents could have done was got it. They could have done was get a divorce. And that's what they did because them getting a divorce and we never look at it. And I don't know how many of you listening are children or products of divorced families or parents who aren't together. But for me, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. A couple of reasons. One, it gave me the gift of travel really young because my dad lived in Rome and my mom lived in Marietta. I used to ride the bus back and forth between Rome and Marietta for my weekend visits. So I've always had travel in me. 
I knew very young how to travel, six, seven, eight, like young, young, I used to ride the bus by myself, how to talk to people, how to protect myself. So that's one of the best things my parents could have done. I mean, but they didn't like each other. So I mean, shit, they should have got divorced. And sometimes your parents don't like each other and they stay together and you like, they should have gotten divorced. But mine didn't like each other and they knew, you know, they were young. They needed to get the hell away from each other before somebody died. And fortunately they did. But that gave me the gift and the freedom to move around. And I appreciate that. It also opened up family to me, gave me more brothers and sisters and taught me to receive people as they were and not as I wanted them to be. And that's huge when I think back on it because I was presented with one sister and three brothers. And the only thing I was told was these are your brothers and sister. And I was supposed to love them, right? So. I didn't have a choice in that. So it really taught me early on to get, you know, to receive people as they are and not as I expect them to be. Yes, Carolyn the Graham, you're absolutely right. So that taught me early on to receive people as they were because, you know, when you're young, people expect you to just take it, right? You know, your, your dad gets divorced, your mom gets divorced, they get with somebody else and hear these kids, your brother and sister, or act like this or this, and you know, but you have to figure it out your own. How, how are you gonna receive them? Are they my brothers and sisters? Do they treat me like shit? Are they mean to me? And I was the youngest, right? I was the youngest of the four, then I was number five. So I was the youngest, even though I was my dad's first, I was now the youngest of five kids when I went to my dad's house. And that's really difficult because I was always by myself. You are the big sister. So I was always by myself. So that was kind of hard for me to do. And then there was the twins came along. So now it's seven of us, right? So for a child that was solo, I now had to find my place amongst the crowd, amongst the other children. But when I was with my mom, I was still the only child. And I was with her most of the time. But the thing is, is that when, when children have all of these things happening in their life, no one wants to no one wants to give them the benefit of the doubt of trying to be comfortable or to be safe there's an expectation that children are supposed to take it and we don't take it like that we don't take it we have to figure out how to love our step parents we have to feel like how to love them and not piss our moms off we got to figure out how to love our stepdads without pissing our dads off and we put children we've all been in that situation People who've been in that situation still put kids in the fucked up position of trying to choose between this and this. And it's not fair. I went through it myself. And um, I remember, believe it or not, I was 30 years old before my parents were around each other without any bullshit. 30 years old. That's crazy. Because I love my dad. I love my mom. My mom was not happy with my dad for the way that he treated her. They had their own history. I was 30 and I was the first time I ever was around my parents without it being any bullshit. And you, we get so caught up in our own mental turmoil and that shit holds us in place. It stops us from growing. It stops us from moving forward because we get so wrapped up in a relationship that fucking sucked. You think about that. And I can talk about my own relationship with my ex-husband. My relationship with him sucked and we got divorced. 
And I could harbor all kinds of ill feelings toward him. He made more money than me. He still makes more money than me. He has more access to stuff than I. I could be whining and complaining and blah, 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 blah. He got married. I could be down talking his wife, all that. And I was like, forget that shit. When I was married to him, it sucked. Why do I care? Good for him. He married somebody else. Good for him. He's doing well. Because I have to realize, I had to realize my kids were caught in the bullshit. Because guess what? I was caught in the bullshit. And I didn't want the same thing for my kids. So we really have to be very careful of that. So I'm just saying this to say, we have to be so aware of the people around us. And it's hard when you're the child trying to make the concessions for another grown-up. If you don't like your child's dad or your child's mom, guess what? That's your fucking issue. It's not your child's issue. The children cannot bear the brunt of the parents' pain because the truth of the matter is we are the ones that chose to be in the fucked up situation from the beginning. We chose it. We're unhappy with it. And now we want somebody else to bear the pain of it. That's not fair. So we have to make sure we really kind of back up out of that with putting our kids in the bullshit. Like, I just, I honestly believe that we have to make sure we protect our children when the relationship ends. And that's one of the things that I had to deal with as a young child, now living with my mom, trying to balance being a young child, a latchkey kid, my dad coming on the weekends, my mom dogging him out during the week, my dad going home with my mom, my stepmom not talking kind about my mom. Like I'm listening to all this negativity and all I wanna do is be a fucking child. So I'm processing so much grown up shit and I'm just trying to be a child. So you get to a point that you don't really know what's right. Well, she's good to me, he's good to me, She's good to me. He's good to me. But if I listen to her, I don't like him or her. And now I don't like him because they're not together anymore. And if I listen to him, I only like her. I don't like. So you, children are processing all of this. And the only thing they want to be is kids. And then you want to be mad because they're not doing well in school. Who's going to do well with all that crap? So that's kind of the some of the stuff I grew up with. My parents were divorced really young. I always tease and say my parents got divorced as soon as my step, as soon as my granddaddy put the shotgun away. My parents were divorced, right? So, and we're talking late 60s, early 70s when they got divorced. But I had to deal with that. I had to build a relationship with my stepmom. I had to build a relationship with my mom's boyfriend. Like I had to build all these relationships, all these new people in my life. And I don't really know who I'm supposed to love. And I don't really feel like anybody loves me. I feel like I'm the pawn in everybody's thing to get under the skin of somebody else. And meanwhile, I feel by myself. So think about that. I'm in a family of seven kids. I got a mom, I got a dad, I got a stepmom, and I feel by myself. But feeling by myself was the only way that I could adjust and could adapt because if I opened up to someone else, now I'm receiving the bullshit of what I should and shouldn't do. So there was probably very protective nature for me to be like, I'm just not going to deal with anybody or I'm going to deal with anybody, with anybody a little bit. And um, so it's really weird.
just when I reflect on all of those things and the woman I am today, how I got here. And uh, I remember when my sister was born, I was 12. And I was like, okay, now I have somebody else, right? I got somebody to love, lives in the house with me more often. And now here's another person. But then that she became a pawn too. Like she became a toy between the two and fights and arguing. And we have to realize as parents, as adults who make these choices, we can't have our kids caught up in this. And I think that's why I'm so open with my kids right now. I've got two daughters, they're adults. My son is 16. I'm not gonna talk negative about my ex-husband, whether I like him or not. The truth of the matter is I chose him, he chose me. We started a family with three children. Thank you. We start, thank you Juan. We started a family with three children. So I'm gonna be mad at him now because I chose to. No, I have to suck it up and keep it moving. And that's a very tough space to be in. We don't realize the turmoil that we put the kids through. So that's my background a little bit. I'm from a small town in North Georgia. I have a lot of brothers and sisters and I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now. And my oldest brother still gets on Facebook and goes toe to toe with guys who say I look sexy. Stop talking to my sister like that. He's like ultra protective. And I'm like, but why not? I'm a 50. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I have to tell them to back down. So, you know, we build these very kind of weird alliances across the place. But when it comes down to it, it's my brothers and sisters. So, and that's, that's what I was told when I was young and that's how I received them. So even now when I meet people, even now when I meet people, I use my sense of people instead of what someone's telling me. Like you, I can't meet someone and you tell me you don't like them because it doesn't matter to me. I've got to feel their energy, their presence in my life see what they're offering of themselves, and then have to make my own judgments. But I, I've always had to do that because that's how I kept myself safe. And we pretty much all have to do that, you know, and just kind of be trusting in situations. But I really kind of make a, um, a habit of doing that just to keep myself safe. So let's see, that's a little bit about me from Kingston, Georgia, Cartersville, Georgia. I'm from a big family and I'm the loner. Everybody pretty much lives close to home now, except for me. <laughs> That's right, James. Everybody lives pretty much close to home, except for me. I'm the one that's always gone. And my dad told me yesterday, he's left me a voicemail for my um, birthday. He says, I think, cause we had a conversation and I'm like, what am I chopped liver? Like, damn, I feel like I'm doing great. I can never get any kudos or anything. And it's sad at 50, you're still kind of like, hello. But um, he said, he said, I think that I miss the opportunities to talk to you about how proud I am of you because I don't have to talk to you about how disappointed I am. So, you know, that goes back to the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? So the squeaky wheels get the oils. The children who need the attention get the attention and the children who screaming attention gets it, and the ones who aren't, don't. So I think he's kind of realized that, and he wanted to make sure he told me that he was proud of me, and um, he also told me that he missed me, which I can understand, because I see him about maybe twice a year. That's, I'm not pressed by 
I'm not pressed by that visit thing. Like even with my mom, I'm just, when I see them, I see them. And my mom and I used to go like two weeks and not even talk on the phone. And not because there's anything wrong. It's just that I'm the loner that I just kind of go do my own thing. So that's a little bit of background about me. You guys probably all know my brothers and sisters. They're all over Facebook. If anybody last name is Wells, I claim them. Cousins or it's close, you know, it's very close kin. Wells or Gordon or Johnson. I'll take all of them because that covers both spectrums of my family. So that's that. So let's see who's listening tonight. Hey, Kim Big Red, Brad, Shanta. Hey, Vanessa. Thank you. It's my birthday. Hi, Teresa. It's got to be a cousin, Wells. Nathan said, I've said hi to you. Hi, Sierra. I miss you, too. Hi, Sonia, if you're still here. Hi, Grady. Thank you for the happy birthdays. Hi, Roland. Hi, Cortez. That's the Virgo in me. <laughs> yes, thank you, Roland. 50th birthday. Roland said, I have a beautiful soul. So, you know, that's just a little bit. I never really go into that part of me. And it's also because I keep trying to keep everybody protected. But you know what the hell? I'm 50. Are you Y'all going to find out about it at my funeral? <laughs> that's not funny. I'm not. I mean, I still got a few good years left. God ain't showed it to me yet. Anyway, so let me talk about something else. I'm going to switch subjects. Right now, on a regular show, I would talk about my woman crush Wednesday. But... I think my Woman Crush Wednesday today is going to be myself. I didn't choose one. And the reason I'm going to say myself today is because I think about where I came from. I think about how I just kind of went through the muckety muck. We call it the fire, like my divorce and after. And how I just kind of, I figured it out, right? And I'm really proud of myself. So I'll call myself my Woman Crush Wednesday today. After There's so many amazing women. So that's almost a little selfish. But um, it is a lot selfish. But today I think it's me and it's my day and I'm celebrating. I think about when I left my marriage and um, how afraid I was and I didn't have any money. And, uh, and I had three children and I left. It was either I was gonna leave or I was gonna die. So that was a choice I made. Like I had to get, um, oh, awesome. Hi, Stacy. best crush ever. Thank you, Stephanie. So I was either going to leave um, my marriage or I was going to die in it. And when I talk about dying in it, I don't know that my ex-husband would have killed me, but I think I would, I'm almost sure I would have killed myself. And that's a hard place to be when you don't see any value in your life. I'm actually writing about it. But so I left and I had $160 and three kids and a truck, which had about $80 to fill it up. So I wasn't going far, but you know what? I did it. And I, you know, you do those things and then you look back on them and think, all right, I, I, that was pretty tough. So that was about uh, 13 years ago. And I've grown so much and I've learned so much about myself. And, you know, a couple of my, two of my children are adults now. My son's 16. And I can't believe, like, the people that they are. And I think if I had stayed in a relationship that was unhealthy, where would my kids be now? Like, what would we be dealing with with them if we were all miserable in this relationship space? And I'm very happy that I did it. So cheers to me on my Woman Crush Wednesday. Ah, 
Cheers. And this is my Prosecco, remember I'm drinking? Celebrating my Prosecco. Uh, yeah, it was the link. You remember the Navigator? <laughs> yes, it was the Lincoln Navigator. It was big and expensive. So, hi Jocelyn, hi Shante. How are you? Thank you, Stacy. Carolyn, thank you so much. All right, so let's move on to something yummy. All right, so I started a new, okay, let's, we're gonna completely switch gears here. I started something new last night. I'm gonna tell you how it started. On Sunday, I was at the golf course. So Faceless Love was playing golf. He loves to play golf. So we were at the golf course. He was playing golf with a round of buddies and I was there with a couple of girlfriends. So last, early this year, we went to a golf tournament and I was there and I did a little gift bags for my company for the golfers. So this year I said, I'm gonna do the gift bags, but I'm also gonna learn how to play golf. And I'm gonna have a foursome and we're gonna play, a, I'm gonna golf team and we're gonna play. So I said that on Sunday because I probably had too much tequila and a couple of cigars. So I was a little tipsy, but at the time I said it, I meant it. But in my clear, sober mind, I was like, hell, I don't even know how to play golf. Now I'm committing to a golf team. So if any of you play golf, I need two more people on my team. <laughs> Let me know. I need two more people on my team. So on yesterday, we went to the golf course because they do like a golf clinic on Tuesday. So I'm sitting there chilling because no one's supposed to remember that I volunteered to have a golf team because I've never even hit a golf ball ever in life. So I'm sitting there chilling, drinking, having my cigar. You know, it's Tuesday night, you know, night before my birthday. So just chilling. So everybody's already hit the balls and everybody's sitting around now chilling. And then Frank walks up to me and says, hey, Joy. I was like, hey, Frank, what's up? He said, you serious about having the golf team at the tournament? And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm going to get my girls together. We're going to have a golf tournament. We're going to be in it. I'm going to learn how to play. I'm going to go. And he's like, well, come on, let's hit some balls. And I was like, right now, like, <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> I've got a fever. So I was trying to think of ways to get out of it. But anyway, I got up to hit the balls. And uh, hey, Vaughn. So I got up to hit some balls. And guess what? I was pretty good at it. I hit all of them. I think it might have been about 20. And he was giving me some very step-by-step -step directions, what to do with my feet, what to do with my back. And because I was arching my back, it should have been straight, what to do with my hands and my arms and how to swing and what to do with my eyes. And by the time I was finished with my 20 balls, I felt pretty good about it. So I'm going to have to practice some more. So now I think I'm going to play a little bit of golf. And what really tipped it off today is that I found the leopard print golf glove. So I'm going to get it. Hi, Dorinda. So I'm going to get that. That was the thing that says golf is my sport because there's a leopard print glove. So anyway, if you know someone that plays golf, 
I'm going to need two more women. I might need three more women because the other woman who volunteered, she can't play either. And we got to learn how to play by the spring to be competitive. I mean, we can show up, you know, and just do some bullshit. But um, we've got we've to be able to um, be competitive by the spring. And we're talking amateur golf. We're not talking professional golf, of course. But it will be a tournament. And last year, I remember there were only two female teams. And so, you know, we could really be competitive this year if we spent some time on it. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's my new thing. I'm going to play a little bit of golf. This next thing is over the weekend, I had a couple of girlfriends come to town. Suzette came on Wednesday. Carla and Nita came on Friday. And um, just kind of hang out. No big plans. We had drinks. We smoked cigars. We chilled. And that was a lot of fun for me because that's in line with what I like to do. So, I, you know, that was a lot of fun and just having people who love you unconditionally with no judgment and just being around you. Yes, Reginald, I have clothes on. Oh my gosh. Oh, yay, Stephanie. Ah, that would be awesome. Hi, Mike Fur. Yes, Reginald, I have clothes on. So, you know, to have women around you that there's no judgment and stuff. But what I did also feel figure out is that sometimes people don't have any control over kind of the animus that animosity they feel when they're around when they're around you and that was really heartbreaking for me because I really love I love to do everything so it doesn't matter we can go to the gut bucketist club you know we can stand on the corner and eat chicken gizzards and drink beer I can play cards all day like, I don't really have a, I don't put a standard on existing. I just go. So if you want to be like, hey, let's ride through here, I'm going to probably ride, right? I have a good time. But one of my girlfriends had a, just a difficult time, and I don't know why she had a difficult time, and I don't think I'm going to ask her why she had a difficult time. I'm just going to respect the fact that she is not in control of herself enough to just exist like if you don't have any control over yourself and you have to you just have a spaz out temper tantrum you're probably not going to be very good for me so i just want to put that out there uh because i'm just really that fluid of a personality um last week we talked about um what all did we talk about last week I forgot. Oh, losing a friend and loving unconditionally. So we talked about that last week. And this week is just more about um, just being uh, and being comfortable with who you are. Even if it's going as far back as reflecting in your childhood, you have to go back and make those connections to things that fuck with you now to get to a place of existing, to being at peace with who you are. And I talked about a little, little bit of that on Facebook today when I'm saying that I'm free because I've gone back and looked at things that happened to me that conditioned me to be in yucky relationships or conditioned me with, to be okay with people treating me like crap. I've gone and unpacked that baggage and released it. And so now I'm free from it. Um, we went to a restaurant down here on Saturday night called Ichikoro. Was that Saturday night? No, Friday night called Ichikoro. It's a ramen restaurant. They have these noodles. And so for me, I'm a very, 
sexual expressive person. That means my brain, my physical self, every, my emotional self, everything is connected. And I'm a very freeing person. So, and I enjoy sex. So I'm not like a prude about it or uh, I'm saving sex until I'm married. None of that. I'm, I enjoy I enjoy sex. I always have. And I remember being really young and reading about, reading in books about sex and doing research about my body. So for me, that's a big thing for me. So I make a lot of reference to what I'm doing, a sexual reference, because I need for it to make sense to my brain. Movements of my fingers, movements of my feet, my body, how I'm placing my body, what I'm doing with my shoulders. So I make some really great sexual references. And when you do that, when you can make the connection, it makes sense. So all that to say, we went to this ramen place the other night. And uh, one of my girlfriends was trying to use chopsticks. So <laughs> Faceless Love was explaining to her to use the chopsticks. He's like, put it right here. He's showing her with his hands and he's got it all propped up. And he's, you know, that kind of thing. And she's trying and I'm watching them and I'm like, Lord, this is taking forever. She's not going to ever eat. Her food's going to be cold. You know, we're laughing. I'm laughing anyway. And so I was like, hey. And she was like, what? So I was like, oh, my God. I'll see if my parents aren't listening. I don't think so. I was like, hey, Lucien. I was like, hold the lips open and stroke the clit. <laughs> and she's like. Oh, okay, I got it. So just with that, making that connection with something that she does and understands she was able to use her chopsticks. And Faceless Love was like, what? <laughs> so it's so funny when you can make these references about things that you do with something as simple as that. Now, I don't know that's the intention. I don't know when chopsticks were designed, how they explained how to use them. But for me, that made sense. And for her, it made sense too. So I um, will definitely make a reference to something sexual in a non-sexual or maybe um, a sensual environment, right? Because that makes sense to me because I realize how powerful the body is and the mind and I've got to make these connections. So I thought that was hilarious to make that reference using the chopsticks. And if you're ever trying to use chopsticks, and I think you should, just remember, got I me mean, from the woman's perspective, not from the man's perspective. You know, you got to use the fingers, hold the lips open, stroke the clit, and you can get the chopsticks to really rock in there. You can eat them. Eat your noodles, not rock in there, in your noodles. So I thought that was kind of funny. And... um what else? We went to Ybor City, of course. We had to go smoke some cigars, listen to some live music. You guys know that's one of my favorite things to do. And I've met some great people here. Um, when I was here, when I moved here three years ago, one of the first things I did was to go to the cigar bar called Maduro's, Maduro Morada's. And they were having a grand opening or open house. And that was on yesterday, three years ago. And I went there. So I had only been in back in Florida for like three years. And I didn't really have any people here because I, when I lived here, I didn't have any people. So 
me going back to Maduro's three years later and them becoming my family was a big deal to me. So that's what I realized also when my friends came to town is that they were my family. Maduro's, are, they're my family. I love them. They love me. We keep each other safe. They got great masculine energy and I need that in my life. I've kind of figured that out. I have an amazing feminine personality and it's huge and I need a masculine I always need like a masculine balance and um, being in a relationship that's long distance, I don't necessarily get a masculine balance all the time. It doesn't mean I don't want it. It doesn't mean that I can't get it, but I have surrounded myself with some amazing men that I can go and hang out with and just get that masculine fix. Right. And, um, that's what they bring to me. So when my girlfriends came down and we went for, went by there for my birthday, that was a big deal for me because they always think about me, joy, joy this and joy's coming and they think highly of me. So my girlfriend's coming, they're gonna think highly of my girlfriends. And uh, we really did have a great time. And one of my girlfriends, Monica, came down from Madison, Wisconsin. So I got to see her. And this was all for just a hangout. It wasn't a party, it, you know, anything like that. And that's the thing that's really good about it is that people came just to see me, even if it meant just being on the porch with me having a cigar. And that made me feel really good to have that connection with people. So I've got a sad face and a, I'm trying to see who's sad. I'll have to look at that later. Just that people came by to kind of hang out with me and just to see what was going on. And uh, now there's not um, anything else going on this week, but we do have a hurricane coming and I hate hurricane season. So it's now a hurricane um, Dion and it's projected to come across the state of Florida, right through Tampa. That's what the models say. So I guess I'll be evacuating at some point, but you guys will, you'll know. I hate hurricane season. Two years ago, I was at my mom's house in in the hurricane, drinking wine, writing my second book. So maybe this year I'll get to do something equally as important uh, or just as phenomenal as that. So anyway, we're down to this 50 minutes. I've rambled enough about myself, my past, getting to this point of understanding me and who I am and just being um, okay with being this dynamic energy and this free spirit. And I think that's probably gonna do it. Let's see who's on here tonight before I say goodnight. Uh, hi, Reggie, congratulations on your new baby. That's awesome. Philip, hi there. Daryl, hello. Amanda, hi Amanda, Charles and Margaret. Marcel Dady. Hey, Dady. I met Dady when I was in Oakland. It was really cool. He was um, my Uber driver, I think, Uber or Lyft. And so it was really cool. He's this um, really great spirit. I can't remember where he said he was from, but he lived in Oakland. Just just great, great guy. Um, used to work with Lucian. This is so funny. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Adrian, my big sister. She might still be on here. Maybe night. Maybe not. Hopefully she is. Uh, thank you so much, Monty. 
So this is kind of fun. I always love doing the lives on Wednesday nights because Thursday nights now it's football, so nobody's going to watch it then. But it gives me such a free platform to talk. So if you didn't know, any show that I've done live is available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. If you have any of those, go download them. You can listen to them whenever. Some are funny. Some are sad. You guys know I'll cry in a minute. I'm emotional. I'm an emotional processor. And um, that's true. So I don't even deny that. I mean, it's just part of who I am. And then you can also get my books, The Virtues of Joy, collection of short stories. They're sexy and erotic and fun. And some of the... Um, uh, some of the earlier shows have readings on them where I was reading from my stories. I called them bedtime stories, but I stopped doing it. I don't know why. I cut my short. My show is shorter, so I stopped doing it. So that book, my books are available to, for purchase. The third book, The Weekend of Traveling Roses, is now available, and I'm working on a fourth book. And I have been asked by someone to do a book on relationships and people and women and men connecting in a honest space, a transparent space. And that's pretty much what I work on all the time, just trying to be my best self in that transparent space. So anyway, I think I'm gonna wrap everything up tonight. Oh, you know what? Let's do a giveaway. Last week I gave away four books and a Tumblr. This week I will give away two books and a Tumblr. And I'm horrible at playing games. So if you will send me a message, instant message. And if you want a book, put your address. If you want a Tumblr, like a, it's like a Yeti. And it'll have your name on it. Or it can have my logo on it. Whatever you want on it. And uh, so I'm going to do one of those. If you want the Tumblr, the first one that says that, Tumblr. And then the other two will get books. So that's, I got to do better with my games and giveaways because I suck at it. So we're going to wrap everything up. And I just want you guys to take from this night that you spent with me is that everything about you is intentional. When God designed you, when he chose your path here, when he said you would be here, everything you've ever touched and faced is a lesson for it. The trick is to not get caught up in the muck of it, right? Don't get caught in the bullshit. If something isn't good for you, then you move on. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I know we're obligated. We feel obligated to people to stay in relationships. We feel obligated to help people. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Uh, she said the tumbler's coming out beautiful. Thank you, thank you. So we feel obligated to stay in sucky-ass relationships and we feel obligated to stay at sucky-ass jobs. But you have to remember that you were promised happiness and abundance. So if you're supposed to find a lesson in a situation and move on, then find your lesson and move on. But you don't stay there. There's no glory in it and there's no growth in it. So I share so much about myself so you guys can understand that it's okay to walk away from shit. Someone said on Facebook today, People stay in these yucky boyfriend-girlfriend relationships not realizing it's free to leave that shit, right? And that's like, people just stay and they make excuses. Well, he loves me, or it's for the kids, or this. Well, I was the kid of a yucky relationship, and I'm glad my parents got divorced. Them being together wouldn't have been good for me. 
So I'm very happy that they were divorced. So you have to think outside of what you want and what your hopes are for that person. You got to think about what your responsibility is to the universe and why God chose you to be here. So I don't mind sharing stuff about me and people will contact me after send me voice, they'll watch this, and then they'll send me instant messages, and they want to talk. They want to know how you left. And the funny thing is this, is since I started writing and having these open conversations and going to readings, I've probably set about four women free. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, but four out of 200, it's a lot for who needed to be set free. And they'll let me know I left, or I left my job, or I fought back, or, and that means a lot to me. And it also, there's a lot of responsibility for the actions on me. It means I have to be true to who I am and mean what I say and to walk a path of happiness. But when I can get a message from a lady to tell me, you changed my life, or when I can have a conversation with a man who wants to know how can I be different and what do they always want to know? What do women want? What do women want? And I tell them the same thing. Women want you to be honest. If a woman doesn't want you to be honest, then there should be another woman. But honesty is the best way to deal with it. So that to me means a lot. And I have to remind myself when I'm not, my books aren't selling, when I'm not getting any new clients, when I'm, you know, when I'm going through that stuff, I have to remind myself, but you have been successful and you are being a purpose. So when I share with you my muck, when I talk about my childhood, it wasn't good or the times that it wasn't good. I mean, overall, I came out okay. Overall, you know, I had my issues. When I talk to you about being in a marriage that sucked and walking away from it, even if on the outside, it appeared to be this amazing space. I'm being honest with you guys. Hi, Jasmine. I'm being honest with you guys. Hi, Jennifer. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not going to. Let me tell you why I can't lie to you, because I can't lie to myself. That's number two of my rules. Tell yourself the truth. I don't lie to myself. If some shit sucks, it sucks. I'm are you happy? No, this sucks. Well, I'm just, I, I don't care what the fuck. It, ha, it sucks. I'm not, I'm not happy and it sucks and I got to figure it out. So I have no problem saying that. But what we tend to do is to tiptoe around to try to make somebody else feel good about the bullshit situation that we're in and why they don't care. As long as they're getting what they want, they don't care that you're unhappy. They're going to keep getting what they want and they're going to keep allowing you to be unhappy you're responsible for your happiness you're responsible thank you you're responsible for your happiness you're responsible for making sure that you're okay and i'll you can ask me any questions you want i'll tell you uh, what's gonna happen like what's the worst thing that's gonna happen <laughs> i'm like i don't care i'm gonna tell you Anything you want to know. So you, I will tell you when I was in college and I flunked out of college. Hi, Jasmine Denise. Yes, Sheila, transparency is the best. When I was in college and I flunked out, why I flunked out? What I had to do to get back in? I'll tell you all of that. Like, I really don't have any secrets to keep anymore 
because I'm free. And I said that in my Facebook post today, I'm free. Like, and if you want to know the way I can show you, I can help you get there. But you've got to be honest with yourself about where you are. And you've got to be honest with the fact that you're a purpose. God's not going to give us a pass on not being ready when it's time to be ready. So I talk about my childhood and my dad probably cringed. My mom surely cringed because they, you know, people have a tendency to try to gloss it over or to make it okay. I'll talk about that shit. I mean, it wasn't bad. It could have been worse, I'm sure. But for what I got from it and the lessons I learned, you think I can't acknowledge the bad? You know, emotional issues, verbal, like all of that stuff is real. That shit don't come on us when we're adults. We get conditioned for that. <laughs> we Early on, we're taught to not trust, even in our house, right? Somebody tells you something and they do something else. We're taught to believe in those who we don't trust. And that's just what it is. So it's my birthday. I'm 50. I'm free. We'll talk more next week. Any questions you have for me, send them on. I have no problem answering them. Oh, yay. More champagne. You guys wish you could see this. <laughs> So I'm going to be completely honest about who I am and what I'm doing. And that makes me a lot to deal with. It makes me a lot to deal with. But I mean, it is what it is. And I hate that saying, but it is what it is. And once I realized that I'm a lot to deal with and I met a man who was okay with me, it made it even better. And I stopped tiptoeing or trying to protect him. So all right, Facebook, I'm saying good night, and we're going to see who got prizes tonight. I appreciate you guys for rocking out with me. Don't forget, download Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. I almost forgot. My goodness. Anyway, happy birthday to me. Cheers. Oh, here's the camera. Mwah. Cheers. See you soon. And don't forget, I'm going to need, I think, one more person to play golf. Stephanie said she was going to do it. So i see you guys next week. Mwah. Bye. Oh, remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'm going to get that right one night. <laughs>